Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cinema Rogues. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is co-host Guy. Hello. Hello. Well, co-host for this episode. Um, Regular host for every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to start things off, please go check out my other show, Board Game Barbarians, if you care about board games, or that's about all we talk about. Um, Yeah, if you like board games, you'll probably like the show, I hope, or if you like this show and you want to listen to other content that I'm on, uh, go check that out. Also, go check out Retro Warriors. There's a Patreon show called Talking Wizards that I'm on. Um, and then please go check out Guy at Sidetail Studios on YouTube and on Twitch. But I think you said you... Are you still taking a break? Uh, yeah, still taking a break. I did find a job, so maybe I'll Ooh. find... With the lack of free time, find the motivation to do it again. So when you had free time, you didn't want to do it. Right. But now that you don't have free time, you'll want to fill the free, the free time you have with working on stuff. Well, potentially, I feel it feels motivating. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm stressed out with my free time when it when I have too much. Yeah. Um, so it feels like I should be using it to do something else, which puts extra pressure on it, and it just becomes a whole thing. So f that. I get it. Um, and then, like I said, I already mentioned Retro Warriors. But go check them out. They're uh, our parent show or started out as the parent show um so if you like classic video games then listen to them uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, since the last recording guy what have you been uh what you've been watching uh well i finally convinced Kristen to watch the hunt for red october with me <laughs> my dog goes outside at night to um after he eats dinner right mm-hmm. well both the dogs go out and every night uh, when it's cold out, instead of like scratching at the door or waiting patiently for us to 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 come let him in, he'll he'll bark. Yeah, and he's he's a beagle, so it's more of a bork. And he okay. will do exactly one bork. And every time I turn to Kristen and I go, "One bork only, please." <laughs> and I, she, I haven't seen that movie in so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody is laughing at that joke real hard, though. Someone is right now. So finally, uh, finally, I convinced her to watch it, and now she gets the joke, which was the entire reason for us to watch it. It was great. Um, I watched uh, Crack on, I think, Netflix. Maybe it's Hulu, uh, but it's it's just a documentary about the crack em- epidemic oh, okay. in the '80s, um, and sort of the <laughs> the origins of of not only where it came from, but how uh, making a designer drug that was popular with with rich people in the '70s, cocaine available to the masses um started becoming problematic um in and you know i don't know it, it was really interesting it's it's a really really focused on you know the the racial side of things and how and how all that went down yeah uh we watched uh one night in miami which is uh i don't know if it's if it's true or based on a true story but basically it tells a story of uh, the night that Muhammad Ali beat uh, Sonny Liston, I believe it was. Uh, okay. They went back to his hotel room and hung out with uh, Sam Cooke, uh, Malcolm X, and Jim Brown. Okay, um, it was just an interesting sort of you know character study thing. Oh, okay. And then uh, I thought maybe well again this is, this kind of shows my ignorance of of uh, politics in the sixties and and and. Uh, you know, racial leaders. 
But I thought maybe somebody was going to die that night, and that's what it was about. But no, it was just about them and their friendship and, just, and how they see the world and stuff. It's gonna yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering where that was going, and I'm. I don't particularly know anything that happened in the final. <laughs> I also right. may, may just not know. Like there's a bunch of stuff in history that I'm unaware of. Yep. So it was. It's. I, I enjoy watching stuff that that I don't know anything about. It's always it's always nice to learn that kind of stuff. Um, and then we watched Ted Lasso. We, we powered through that during the snow or snowstorm. Dude, Ted Lasso, man. It's so good. Oh I my think God. It's probably my favorite show of last year. Uh, I have a new like idol. I, I want to be Ted Lasso. Like I've been asking myself <laughs> all week, like anytime I get like kind of irritated, like, okay, well, what would Ted Lasso do? Yeah. Right. What do you do? No, it's really good. Uh, so if you haven't seen it and you have Apple TV Plus, I, I, you know, I would recommend it. I know Andrew, you've recommended 100%. it on the show before. Yeah. It is a. Did you watch it because of my recommendation? Uh, I I watched it because of several people's recommendation. Okay. To be honest, like it just, it's like it's it's one of those shows where so many people have been like Ted Lasso, yeah, Ted Lasso, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great show. Uh, so. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a feel good show, and oh my god, it's great. It'll Absolutely make you feel great. some different feelings too. It will, it will. There's there's there are several sub stories. One of which I identified with like super hard, um, and you know brought me to tears several times. So I do, I do want to say that that Jason Sudeikis like makes that show. And I never realized that it was like a character that he did way, but like 10 years ago or not maybe like five to 10 years ago. Um, it was just like an ESPN character that he did. Like he had like a three or four little four minute, like shorts of you can find on YouTube. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And they're like, they're different from what it is, but the show is based on that character that he created for ESPN or something like that. I don't remember. Wow. Exactly. That's- that's great. Yeah, I read that uh, whoever is creating it ha- has said that it's no, it's a three season story. So that's good. I mean that that makes that helps it to not drag out, kind of a thing. I can't imagine it going too super long, but it does make me sad. Yeah, uh-huh. like the way it, the way the first season ended, I can see uh, how three seasons would go as a general arc if it's going to go in in you know an expected direction. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. Um, and then other than that, uh, WandaVision, uh, fully, fully caught up on that. The latest, the latest episode was amazing. Well, I I wouldn't say the whole episode was amazing, but the end of it was great. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, without getting into it, I, I'm sure we could, we could probably do an episode like at the the end of it. Oh yeah. I'd be absolutely like stoked to do a WandaVision episode. And not, I probably wouldn't go back and watch all the episodes, but I, I don't know. I might. <laughs> we'll yeah, really could. It's only like what five hours ish. I think it's supposed to be ten episodes. Is it? Yeah, I think there's only two more episodes left, so that would uh, that makes sense. Um, for me, I watched a bunch of stuff. I watched Talladega Nights. Um, oh, man, I haven't seen that in forever. I had neither, and I was like, I want to see if it still holds up and besides like there was like two jokes that I think were not like super didn't hold up super well Mm -hmm. Um, and other than that it was fine um watch Princess Bride 
watched Stardust. Um, watched a show called Wasted on Hulu. It's only got one season, and it's a British television show, so it only had like six episodes. So highly recommend it. Um, if you liked Spaced, it's very much similar to like has a similar feel to Spaced, and the writer directors very much tried to copy. Um, of course, I forget his name right now. Um, the guy that does all of the Simon Pegg movies directs them. Uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. So they're like very much a lot of director director choices and music choices trying to copy his style. Um, but yeah, so if you like that, sounds interesting. I would definitely check it out if you've got Hulu. It's only six episodes. Uh, it also has um, Sh- Sean Bean is in it. Like nice. Like the whole point of it is there's it's a guy that has a spirit guide, and his spirit guide is Sean Bean from. Game of Thrones, basically, and it's actually <laughs> Shumpy. Like, um, so, and he's just basically like every like he'll just whatever, <laughs> just make fun of him to try to get him to do stuff. Um, continue watching the community with commentary, although that kind of took a backseat this week with the whole trying to conserve power. Um, watched a really dumb movie called Mega Time Squad on Amazon, um, and that one is about. Like it's just a New Zealand film that's done by um or I think it was done by the same producers that did Deathgasm, which is another New Zealand film. And if you haven't seen Deathgasm, I highly recommend that one. Um watched Spencer Confidential with Mark Wahlberg, watched the whole Heaven's Gate documentary on HBO. Um haven't what, watched it. What was Heaven's Gate again? It's a it's a cult, right? Yeah, it was the cult of people that thought that they were going to be basically um, taken up to heaven in a spaceship. Oh, uh, okay. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, it's the largest mass suicide on American soil. Um, but other than that, I bought Over the Garden Wall on Blu-ray so that I could watch the commentary, but I haven't started watching that yet. Um, So cool. Do you want to take us into news? you want me to do it? Sure. Uh, Christopher Plummer, dead at 91. Um, yep. He has, he has sung his last Von Trapp song, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Christopher Plummer has done a lot, and it was a pretty great character actor. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, 91, that's old. He had a great life, but at the same time, um, you know, I, it made me want to go back and watch some of his work. I haven't done it yet, but it makes me want to. Uh, oh, yeah, there was a new trailer for the Snyder Cut. Um, yep. Yeah, did you watch it? I know you don't watch trailers. No. How was it? It was good. It was good. Um, It looks looks a lot better than the uh, current cut, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited. uh, Excited for it in general. Um, My my girlfriend Kristen hasn't seen Justice League, the, the original one. Um, so, yeah. and, and we watched through, I think we was talking about earlier, we watched through man of steel and Batman versus Superman. So rather than watch the original justice league cut, we decided just to wait for the Snyder to c- cut to come out and watch that one. Yeah. I would say it's probably, probably a better choice. I don't know. I've kind of very much like, I don't like, uh, Josh Whedon's movies except serenity. Well, I guess let's I skip like around this. a little bit because let's talk about Joss Whedon for half a fucking second. 
Okay, that's not in the news. Go ahead. Take it over. Oh, it's not in the news? Oh, I, I was thinking about there. the yeah. Gina Carano news, which is sort of similarly related. But uh, okay. uh, yeah, no, uh, Joss Whedon is, is in the headlines again um, because Charisma Carpenter came out and sa- accused him of uh, running an abusive set. And, and uh, she has very specific allegations about how he cut her from the show after she got pregnant. And um, then after that, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller came out and said, you know, said that she supports um, what what Charisma Carpenter has come forward and say said um, that she uh, she's proud to have been Buffy and be associated with such an amazing show, uh, but she has no desire to ever be associated with Joss Whedon's name again. Yeah, and then Michelle Trachtenberg came out and said that uh, he was when she was on the show, he was not allowed to be in a room alone with her after a particular incident. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, not weird. That's bad. Really. Right. Um, you know, and that all, all of that lends extra credence to, to Ray Fisher's side of the story about, you know, uh, his uh, allegations of, of Joss Whedon coming in and creating an abusive set during the justice league reshoots. Yeah. So fun stuff there. Um, I think we talked about it before. Go, go, you know, go check it out. It's, it's more than we want to dive into here, but it's, it's, you know, it's definitely worth looking into and understanding what's going on. Especially. Yeah, definitely for, I didn't know like half of that stuff, but I also just didn't like Joss Whedon. So I don't look for news about him. So yeah, well, apparently his world is coming down a little bit. Well, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> really shouldn't have done that. Uh, Adam Wingard directing Face Off sequel. Uh, you know more about that? It's more of news about the Face Off sequel than it is about Adam Wingard. He's the one that did Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, oh, is he? Hasn't come, that hasn't come out yet. He, he directed it. Oh, great. Um, I think he also did the Blair Witch Project. I'm looking really quick. The 2016 Blair Witch Project, yeah. So he's right, done right. a bunch of like horror movies, um, but he is slated to direct... Um, face off two, if that's what they're going to call it. Do they have any casting news on that? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I assume, I mean, it's a direct sequel, so I assume both of them are coming back. Um, but I think it's very much in the preliminary stages right now. I mean, wasn't Caster Troy like super dead at the end of that movie though? I, yeah, I think I would think so. At least, I mean, I'm sure they could come up with some reason why he didn't, die and comes back uh, i'm sure Maybe it's some it's, sort of cloning yeah but they are saying it's a sequel it's not a remake nice um jack black's been announced to voice uh claptrap in the borderlands movie yep seems no, like a I, good I've, fit i guess i've never played borderlands so ah wow uh he's a little robot that you run into um he's like your companion robot and he's also like really sarcastic Oh, then that, I guess that makes sense. I right. can see that. <laughs> and he has an annoying voice, but, you know, what, what yep. can you do? Uh, Gina Carano fired from the Mandalorian for political comments that she made. Um, yeah, I, I that's that's a well-deserved firing. Yeah, we're not, I, I didn't think we'd really get into it. If you're interested in it or haven't heard it, it's kind of been everywhere. So yeah. I just thought we'd mention it because it's on the show. But if you're not aware of what she said... Um, it was pretty dumb and shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have done it. That's this week's theme. Shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't have did that. 
Uh, it's kind of how I feel about this movie, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey of Game of Thrones to star in Last of Us TV show. Uh, Bella Ramsey was uh, the little Mormont uh, queen. Yes. Right? She was a little girl who was the queen of, I don't know what house, but probably Mormont, like you said. Awesome. That's cool. I didn't even know they were making a Last of Us TV show, so... Yeah, I didn't either until I saw that casting news, and I was like, okay, that works. Yeah. Uh, and then Watchmen's Nicole Castle directing The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. What's this one about? Uh, they're doing The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Um, I think HBO is doing it. I can't remember if it was a show or a movie, but it's going to be like an HBO original. Is The Wonderful Wizard of Oz the Wizard of Oz story that we all know and love, or is it a different book? So I haven't read them in a very long time. The mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz, the movie that we know and love, is I think two books mushed together. And okay. I think it's someone else's story with Dorothy. If anybody knows, and I'm just like talking out of my ass here, which it's possible. <laughs> um, you know, feel free to correct us or comment or come to the Discord and and say hello, but um, to my knowledge, it's it's a similar story, but slightly different. I All could right. also be wrong. I don't think it's going to be a musical. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that, that would be the easy route at this point, right? Right, just completely remake it. Uh, dude, I'm a sucker for an Oz movie. I don't know what it is, like, but, but I know that I have sat down and intentionally watched, like, uh, was it the... Oz, that movie, Oz the Great and Powerful or whatever it was. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, I watched that also multiple times, like twice, I think. I like The Wizard of Oz as a theme or as a just, yeah, I guess theme is correct. Um, But they don't really make a whole lot of movies. You got the wonderful, you got The Wizard of Oz, you had Return to Oz, and then you had Oz the Great and Powerful. And I don't know why people don't make more movies or use it more. I know there's a lot of like sci-fi stuff out there like well, there's a sci-fi also, original you also had that show uh tin man yeah i'm like well i don't know there's sci-fi or something in like 10 years I ago so yeah was but i don't know why out. people people don't use it more i wonder if it's because the rights are in the public domain so nobody wants to like make it and then have somebody i don't know who knows Oh, you also have wicked it's That's ancillary wicked that is true. You do have Wicked. And weren't and there is... cu- a couple of like uh, m- movies? Re- uh, what What am I trying to think of? Uh, what's her name was in that from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I, I thought there was one where she played like... Kristen Bell? No, no, no. The other girl from... from Jackie Kunis? from the, that 70s show. Mila Kunis? Yeah. Um, Was she not in The Great... Oz the Great and Powerful? Oh, she was in that. Okay, it's the, that's the one I'm thinking of. Never mind. Mm-hmm. All right. Glad, glad we went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, let's, let's get into it. Uh, so this week we are talking about the little things. Um, and this is a synopsis. After being called back to L.A. for another purpose, Joe Deacon is pulled back into an, an unsolved serial killer case he was in charge of, and he tries to solve it once and for all. Uh, this was released January 29th, 2021 for theaters and HBO Max for 31 days. So you have 31 days from the 29th, which we're coming up on. 
here in a little bit. Um, so if you haven't watched it yet and you're interested, go watch it. But I guess you'll hear our opinion on it pretty shortly. Um, it was first written in 1993 for Steven Spielberg as the director, uh, but he passed on the project and went through many directing hands before Hancock decided to direct it himself. Hancock is John Lee Hancock is the writer director. Um, it also had several other directors, like uh, what is his name? I should have written that down. Um, who's Dirty Harry? Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Clint Eastwood was also supposed to direct it at one point. Oh, okay. Backed out of it. But Denzel Washington, Remy Malik, and Jared Leto all signed on to do the film back in 2019. Uh, it debuted to 4.8 million from 2000 and theaters, uh, almost doubling the expected 2.5 million that they wanted for it. Um, That's pretty respectable. Yeah. There's a... There were a couple different issues with the movie as far as like uh, just continuity. Um, there's a scene where kids are playing Mortal Kombat, um, which was not released until 1992, and the movie takes place in 1990. And there's also like several cars that you see that weren't released until 1992. So, yeah, we were probably about 20 minutes into the movie, and then and then Kristen goes, "What year does this movie take place?" And until then, I had assumed it was a modern movie. Yeah, I. I assumed from the cars that it wasn't, that it took place in like the 90s, but I didn't know when in the 90s that it took place. Yeah, I don't remember what it was that, that, that she had seen, but it was something that was very distinctly sort of 80s-ish. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that is weird. I mean, I I, know. I'm there with you. I also like, there was a moment when I was like, I don't know when this movie takes place, like like what time period this is. Um, Notable people, you got the writer-director, John Lee Hancock. You have your leads, Denzel Washington as Joe Deke Deacon and Remy Malik as Detective Jim Baxter. And then you have Jared Leto as Albert Sparma and Natalie Morales as Detective Jamie Estrada. Um, no awards uh, for it yet because, you know, it just came out. Can I just say that I hate the name Sparma? I don't know what it is about it. But it I guess because it sounds like a smush up of like sperm and smegma. Yeah, that's probably he probably did that to make you hate it. I get ugh, it's it's a gross <laughs> name for a gross character, man. Yeah. Um, critical response: you got Rotten Tomato scores forty-seven from the critics and sixty-five from the audience at the time of this recording, as well as Metacritic. Uh, the Metascore was about fifty-four, so pretty similar to the Rotten Tomato score, uh, and user score was six point one, which is pretty similar to the Rotten Tomato score. Uh, what did you what did you think of it? I mean, it was okay. I I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but there but there were a few things that bugged me along the way. Um, and, but I think at the end of the day, I just kind of wanted more from it. It, it. it boiled down to its sort of essence. It's very straightforward, and even the stuff that's you know, quote unquote, twisty or whatnot, wasn't really surprising per se. Right. And it it and it felt like it was trying to build a deeper mystery than what ultimately ended up happening. I mean, I think what what I eventually came to, or I guess the conclusion that I came to about the film is that it wasn't really about the serial killing itself mm-hmm. or about this finding the serial killer. The movie was just about obsession in general um, and Deacon pulling Jim Baxter into his own obsession. 
um, which still kind of made me feel like hollow at the end. Like it felt kind of like an empty ending. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I get not to get into spoilers yet, but I think the way that it ended was fairly abrupt. Like it had a ve- it had a, a super slow build up, yeah. and then just ended. And I, you know, we will say without ruining it, it was not a happy ending. Yeah, that is also true. <laughs> I'm okay with I'm okay with not happy. I don't need everything to be like, oh boy, everything's great at the end. But it still like just felt like an I don't know, like it, it, something was missing is what I felt. Yeah, it, it's it, I I don't know. It 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 was an unsatisfying uh, end of the movie. And maybe yeah. that's what they were going for. Who knows? But it, if that's what they were going for, then they super nailed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that, you know, that aside, it was made very well. It was directed well. Um, very pretty film. Um, I liked the shots on the bridge that they were. Uh, I don't know if you remember whenever they're talking about the lady that lives up at the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I did like that. Those are really pretty shots. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Should you, do you recommend it? Um, I would recommend it if you, if you have HBO max and you, and you catch this episode before it goes away, um, or, or wait for it to come back. I, I definitely wouldn't go, go to theaters to see it. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, even societal risks, you know, aside, I don't think it's worth, you know, the, the $20 you're going to end up spending. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. If it's if you already have HBO Max and it's free, you know, then I would go ahead and watch it, but I wouldn't go searching for it. It's definitely not worth the COVID uh, risk to go see it. I like that we have to measure things against the COVID risk right now. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't like it, but I, it's amusing to me the way it's just kind of slipped into our everyday factor of how we evaluate things. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't go outside for it, but uh, <laughs> but I'd watch it if I could stay in my house. Right. <laughs> uh, I, was, I think we were all making similar evaluations this week during the fucking snowpocalypse. Right. Yeah, I, I would say it's not worth watching it during the snowpocalypse um, if you're stressing out over other stuff. If you have any <laughs> other stressors in your life, uh, maybe don't. But if you if you have, was it like two hours, I think? Yeah, it was right, it was almost right at two hours, I think. Um, yeah, if you if you got two hours and you want to watch Denzel Washington and Remy Malik and Jared Leto, uh, my wife hates Jared Leto so much, and so like I kind of tricked her into watching it. Like we got into the movie <laughs> and she was like, "Is that Jared Leto?" And I was like, "Yep." And she was like, "Okay, I'm already in it." Mm. Are you uh, speaking of Jared Leto? Let me let me let me sidetrack and go back a, a little bit here. Uh, are you excited about his Joker being more in the Snyder cut? Uh, I don't, did you see a picture of it at all or anything? No, I, I, well, I saw like, uh, maybe I did. Like it, it looked like a picture of him and it was like a Reddit article or it was on Reddit, a Reddit link, excuse me, uh, mm-hmm. with a picture of him that said something about him being in the Snyder cut, which I don't think he was in the original justice league at all. Right. I, I do not remember him being in the original justice league. Um, and in the Snyder cut, the trailer, he's a very looks of like a very different. Actually, looks and sounds like a very different Joker from um, Suicide Squad. 
Oh, interesting. So it kind of shows them. I don't know if you know uh, a lot about. I mean, yeah, you do. I don't know why I asked that. But you know, <laughs> in Flashpoint, how everything's kind of like messed up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The the alternate, and even in I don't know, you didn't see the movie, so I don't know why I'm bringing it up. But in the alternate, uh, in the last Justice League, or the original cut, um, there's like the scenes where Batman's in like the wasteland, and it's kind of like Batman was it year 100, I think, or year one. Uh, I yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I think it's year year one where he's like all like post apocalyptic Batman. Mm-hmm. It's in in one of those scenes in the trailer. Joker turns around and he's got like, you know, his makeup's all smeared on his face, and he doesn't have the shitty tattoos or anything. Hmm. So, and he sounds he kind of sounded like uh, like the Nolan Joker a little bit. Interesting. Oh wait, no, oh, well, never mind. I was going to say, speaking of that movie, other news, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just get it. I mean, we can derail. We're right about spoiler time. So if you want to derail the show a little bit, that's I fine. mean, okay, they announced the Supergirl, a uh, new Supergirl who's going to be in the Flash movie. Did they? Yeah. Um, who it was? Uh, Sasha Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been announced as, as the new Supergirl. She's a, a Latina actress. Um, and Melissa Benoist has, has weighed in. She's playing Supergirl right now on the CW. Um, she seems super stoked about the casting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. She's going to be playing Gar Zor-El in the Flash movie. Um, but nice. in reading about that, I also read that the director was saying that, uh, that, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman is going to be the baseline Batman before, you know, Barry starts doing Barry things and changing everything. Yeah, I kind of see them using the Flash movie to just change some things because I know Ben Affleck wanted out of the movie, or he felt like he wanted out of the movie. But I also heard that he wants to come back now, so uh, I don't really know what's happening. Um, I'd wish they'd just solidify their their universe and not keep messing things up. I have I have a, a modicum of hope that that's what this Flash movie is going to do, and that's how they're going to use Flashpoint. Yeah, I'm also very excited for the Batman movie uh, with Robert Pattinson. Like, I haven't most bat most Batman movies for whatever reason I'm very like skeptical of, and like because I like the comics a lot. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, like what I've seen from the Robert Pattinson one, I'm like, yeah, I'm down for this Batman movie. Do it. Awesome. Uh well, spoiler time. Spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. <laughs> Yeah. Let's let's get into it. Everyone dies. No, I'm just kidding. Um What you go first. <laughs> I'm just gonna make you go first. Alright. Um Okay, so like I said, wa- watching this movie I had problems with it, and the first the first thing that really bothered me was in that scene where they're investigating um uh, that one lady's apartment. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot which lady. But yeah. But basically, they're in her apartment investigating her death, and then all of a sudden, uh, Baxter, or not Baxter, Deacon. Uh, Deacon. Excuse me. Thank you. Deacon is like in a building across the street, looking through at all these people. You know, rifling through the apartment. Right. And then it cuts to. Remy Malik talking to him and back in the same apartment or the, in the apartment. Um, 
and it's just I don't I don't understand how he got back and forth between the buildings and it just seemed like there were a bunch of different characters in that particular scene that were either magically teleporting around or or the time scale was off and how they were presenting the 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 scene or something. I think it was more of that. I think that was like a director's choice that I I mean I followed it pretty well and didn't really I guess I didn't I didn't even notice it honestly. Like I just He's over there now. He's back over there, and that's fine. Like, who? Like, I don't even know, man. I can't defend it because I don't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember him being back in there. I I remember him being in the uh, apartment and then across the street in like the warehouse or whatever. And then they were then on the street in front of the apartment, talking about it. I don't know. It just but, seemed weird. Maybe it, maybe it was another cop that was. All- also in that building. I don't know. There was something about it that just seemed super off, but um yeah. um she didn't doesn't seem to know that she's married to a homicide detective. Like there's that scene where he's he gets up in the middle of the night to cuz he's, you know, the case is in his head or whatnot. Right. And then she wakes up, walks out and sees him like outside thinking and then just kind of looks annoyed at him. Yeah, I mean I mean, I'm going to, like, play devil's advocate with all of your points just because just okay. we're on a show. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could see her. She's still a human being. Like, she's going to get irritated with him, like, at some point, even though she knows that his job is that. But, yeah, I can definitely see, like, I don't know if that needs to be conveyed in the movie. Right. And she seemed to be, like, giving um, uh, Deacon the side eye a whole lot for yeah, no particular like reason. Yeah. <laughs> When he was there, she seemed irritated that he was there. Yeah. Like, why would you bring this other cop here? But I, I feel like most of his friends are going to be police officers. Like, why would she be upset that he brought another police officer to their house? Right. And she seemed kind of like, she seemed like cordial to him or whatever until he started talking about police things. And then she seemed like just mad at him for talking about oh. police things. Yeah, why are you talking about? But I mean, it's it could be the whole like no business at home kind of a thing. I guess it just it always it seemed to me like she was suspicious of him like corrupting her husband or getting her her husband to do you know his job better or something. It was weird. I could see that. I didn't really think about that at the time. I did notice whenever he was there that she was like upset for some reason, and I don't know why. Like she was just like I don't know why this why this guy's here. Or talking to my kids. I want to say something real quick. Like, yeah, go for it. He has no jurisdiction, like, in this entire movie. And he keeps <laughs> doing, like, police work and showing his badge. And, like, somebody has to notice that his badge says a different town on it or a different city than L.A. Like, it doesn't say L.A. on it or Los Angeles. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I think that fits in with his whole, you know, the the end of the movie. And, you know, how they they reveal that, that he covered up an accidental, you know, killing. That um, he did. That he did, you know, and he had help covering it up. And then after the, you know, at the end of this movie, he, he covered up, uh, again, an accidental killing. So he's doesn't seem like the most uh, non-compromised cop ever. Right. It's just weird that nobody ever questioned it, like. He showed it to like that one whenever he goes back to the apartment he shows it to that lady and I just imagine like that lady just going like I'm you've already been here and you have no jurisdiction please leave like right or maybe she just doesn't care I don't know like 
it just felt weird that he was like kicking down doors sort of in like had no right to do it. Like it's not like he's a de- deputized like going to <laughs> LA. <laughs> I I did enjoy that bit where he's looking through Jared Leto's apartment and then all of a sudden he, he hears the call for officer down and he's got to hide on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he wasn't supposed to be there. So yeah, that was uh, I guess this movie is also just about like morality choices cuz they shouldn't have been anywhere near any of that. Yeah, no, they really shouldn't have. Um, and I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I just, I thought that that bit was funny to me. Cause I, I feel like there are better ways of handling that situation than, than hiding on a roof, but you know, okay, let's go yeah, with it. Well, he, yeah. Yeah. I did like the roof scene. Um, I think I had the most problems with the sort of last 30 minutes of the movie. Um, when, when Deke goes to get coffee for them and then, uh, Baxter for whatever reason decides, Hey, I'm going to get in a car with the, with the guy I, you know, with 90% know suspect. is a serial killer. Yeah. Well, we also don't know if he was the serial killer. Like that was very ambiguous at the end. I guess I, like he, I think he was just a creepy dude. Like, he was a creepy dude, but he also had like the news clippings for all of the killings that that uh, Deacon cared about. Like he had a news clipping from the night that the that the woman that he shot, you know, died. Um, I, I don't know. It's like it's so. The whole movie is so ambiguous, but just just because they do kind of specify that uh, whatever. Jism's name, whatever his name is. I don't remember. What was it? Sperma? <laughs> Sparma, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sparma's a, a crime aficionado. He's got the police radio in there. Um, he likes being called in. He likes looking at all that stuff. So he, I would say it's not off base for him to just have news clippings of random murders. I do realize that in the box, like they're all related specifically to the crimes that, um, Deacon was following. But right. Well, and, and they're all, they're all the crimes that have that particular MO, which, which again, like you said, it could just be that he, he's you know, following that MO. Cause he's like playing private detective himself, like in his brain kind of a thing. Right. Um, you know, he's got, he had, I, I believe I looked at it today. He had like a lucky rabbit's foot and, and something else in there that seemed like they could be trophies. Um, yeah. but, but again, that, uh, you know, th- there's that ambiguity there, but, I just, I don't, it seems like a non-rational choice for Rami Malek to get in, especially knowing that Deacon was going to be back soon because he was just going around the corner to get coffee. Yeah, I don't know why anyone, I mean, we we sat there too. Whenever he got in the car, we we're like, why would you get in a car with a guy that you think is a serial killer? Like, even though you're not a woman, then that's his MO is murdering women. Mm-hmm. Why would you get in the car and go with him anywhere even if he's like I know where the bodies are but then they leave and 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 uh what's his face uh Deacon comes out and like gets in his car and like and takes off after them and then randomly guesses the correct like four or five turns blind turns in a row and then drives he because he he gets the the turns right but drives past the the gate right and then has to come back well, he's a master at following people. He knows where they go, 
He knows how to look at the road and see the specific, his specific wheel tracks. Is he uh, goddamn RoboCop? I don't know. I'm just making. He's got like infrared vision. (laughs) He's got heat vision. Yeah, Yeah. you can tell where the where the cars where the tires moved recently. Yeah, I I didn't get that because they they clearly show that like when 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 uh, Sparma exits the highway and then and then Deacon follows him that you cannot see where he is. Right. And he's very much behind them as far as like them being able to open up the gate and go through. Right. Uh, so I, yeah. I just, that, that bothered me a lot. And then, and then he makes him dig what, like three holes before he gets fucking beat to death. Yeah. He gets shoveled to the face. Right. So you just had this dude, uh, dig, I don't know. They really looked like three or four foot holes before he's like, Oh no, maybe he's over there. Right. Oh, yeah. So so he spent a good solid thirty minutes or so digging holes. Oh, it takes way longer than that. That looked like pretty dry dirt too. Right. I'm pretty and sure that was like hours. <laughs> yeah, so okay, so maybe Deacon was driving around for hours and guessing roads. Like that's another thing where like the time didn't seem to add up quite right. Yeah. But um but anyway, so so he spends however much time digging these these holes, and in the middle of digging the holes, just swings the swings his uh, fucking shovel at Jared Leto, and then it kills him. And yeah. it seems like that's a lot of power to have in your arm still after digging that many fucking holes. Well, that in his hands would be screwed. Like they would be like raw from digging with that shovel for a person that doesn't do manual labor like that constantly. Mm-hmm. Like his hands would be, they blistered to hell, man. Like there's no way he has the, like you said, this, the energy to do that or really like, I mean, unless it's just pure adrenaline at that point, which it could be. It could be, but I, I don't know, man. It just seemed super off. Um, You know, and, and again, I, it must've been a lucky shot. I don't know. I, I I admittedly have never hit anybody in the face with a shovel, but it seems like it would take a lot of energy to instantly kill someone with that. I mean, if he hit like an edge on the temple, I'm pretty sure that would like temple damage can do a lot of damage as far as I understand. Yeah, that's true. And the, I mean, honestly, the human body is not that like it's strong in some areas and not in others. So <laughs> we're pretty, we're pretty squishy. <laughs> we are. We are, we are pretty squishy. Um, and then, and then the last, the last problem that I had with it, at least the ones that I wrote down was that it, they cover up this murder, right? right. The entire police department know, knows that they were going after this guy from, from a, uh, suspicion standpoint. Um, you know, they, they brought him in for questioning. They were told to lay off of him. Yeah. You know, but, but they strongly suspected that this was their guy and everybody knows that. And then he mysteriously disappears and they don't want to work the case anymore. And nobody seems to fucking question it. I mean, they already kind of didn't want to work the case. Well, I mean, they they tried to explain that at the end of the movie with the FBI mm-hmm. coming in and, and saying, well, we're starting from ground zero. So whatever sp- suspects you had, we're not going to have those same suspects, which I don't think the FBI would do. But again, I don't honestly know. I can't imagine that they would just throw away suspects that police officers have been working on for some time. Right. At the very least, you'd think they would categorize them as like persons of interest and, and follow right. up. 
and the fact that this guy just skipped town is basically what Denzel Washington's character Deacon tried to do was make it appear like he just left. Um, yeah, that's uh, that would be a little bit suspect, and at least they would try to find him at that point. Right, and that's okay, and I guess that leads into another thing. Like he Denzel Washington went back and cleaned up the apartment and got rid of any evidence that the, that he the the stuff that was in the lockbox, right? He got rid of everything. So he took like the dude's entire apartment and put it into bags to burn later. Oh yeah, that's right. It was the whole thing. I thought he just took like some of his stuff. It, it just No, he yeah, he cleared out that entire apartment. Which that's um, a lot of work. Have you ever tried to clear out an apartment? Yeah, him doing that in one night is also pretty far-fetched. I also like like I guess good on him for trying to clear Baxter's like head or whatever by giving him the little brooch, the red brooch that he was looking for, but also like kind of shitty, like giving him hope that he figured it out or that he solved the case. Yeah, I can see both sides of that uh, for sure. Like it's, I almost wrote that down in a sort of why did he even send the 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 barrette right? Like from from yeah. a, a lot of standpoints, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but uh, you know, I I get the way the movie was trying to 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 imply it that he's you know giving closure to, um, to Baxter so that he can move on with his life or whatnot, right. But I I don't know that a red barrette would necessarily be the best way to do that. Um, I mean that they made a point of it in the movie that that's what you know that the the woman that was abducted or that went missing during the case had a red barrette that she always wore, and that's where. I don't know, the the movie kind of shifted because it shifted from just trying to find the guy that's doing the murders or the serial killer to finding the serial killer who they also suspect is who abducted this girl that was out jogging. Um, And I feel like it was the the dude that killed himself, like the guy that they brought in that cried whenever Deacon was there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, I, it was probably him, I think. That's an interesting idea. Like, and there's even the point in the movie because like his reaction, whenever he starts bringing up before they mention like the older murders, like whenever they're mentioning the new stuff yeah, and he like starts crying during it. I mean, that could just be him. Like, I don't know. I think it would be interesting if it was him because there's even the part in the movie whenever they're like, hope it wasn't him whenever like he kills himself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, yeah. I even looked for it at the beginning of the movie, um, like the opening shot, whenever you see the guy walking towards her, uh, he walks differently than Sparma does. Yeah. And has different boots. And I kept looking for that. Like I kept looking for a shot of Sparma walking the same way with boots. And I was even like, well, he could have changed his shoes or he could walk the weird way he walks in the movie because like it's a his way of covering it up. Like the, uh, the magician with the fishbowl. Yeah, from Prestige. Yeah, like that, the light. His life is the is the magic trick. <laughs> um, well, uh, but, uh, back to the, the Barrett thing, real quick. Like, why not just send a picture of the Barrett? Um, why not send uh, a cryptic letter that says "found it" 
it's gone. You know, something along those lines. The the act of physically shipping, like purchasing and physically shipping the red barrette, seems like a thing that could potentially get you caught more so than any other method. I don't know if it would get him caught necessarily, but I also feel like it's like you're working with another detective. You don't think he's going to go to like the crime lab or whatever and be like, hey, does this have any traces of hair on it that match her hair or anything like that? No, it's completely clean and it's never been worn before. Okay. Right. Or like, you know, the fact that they are detectives that went through this experience together, that's not enough to just establish some baseline of trust that if he says, no, that was the guy, then you would believe him. Right. Well, also with the red barrette, like the parents said she wore it. She never left the house with it is what they said. And he gives him a new barrette that's never been used before. Like what a shitty detective that he's like, this looks like it's never been used before. And she used it literally every day. Right. Like there's going to be some wear and tear on that. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I mean, it also could be that in his distress, he's willing to accept anything so that way he feels better. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think ultimately it comes down to I enjoyed the ideas in the movie, but the the execution of all of them felt kind of sloppy. Yeah, it definitely had some holes, and I was hoping for something more than what it was. We we were talking about that that a little earlier how it's. You know, it, it, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, other than the, the ambiguous nature of who is the serial killer specifically, um, you know, it's, it's a tale of two detectives that had an idea of that. This is the, this is their guy. They accidentally kill him and then they cover it up. And that seems really unsatisfying with as much mystery as they were doing. Like, um, Deacon being uh, haunted by the ghosts of, of the, the other women that were killed and, and, uh, you know, all of that seemed like it was setting up something that was that was deeper and it just never paid off per se. Yeah, I mean, that was setting up just us finding out that he murdered someone on accident. But even then, that felt like... <laughs> like, it felt like uh, that. that's it. Right. <laughs> that was That was it the whole time? Okay. Like, it just... I don't know. It felt like... I don't know. It, and then are we it's, supposed to believe that if um, a police officer accidentally shoots somebody in the midst of an active investigation that their immediate thought is, I need to cover this up because I'm going to suffer some sort of consequences? Like In the see- 80s, me. I don't, well, even then, that would have been the 80s. Like, Right. I mean, it seems to me that the overarching idea would be that there would be an investigation and it was a justified, justified accidental shooting. Right. Right. He would have gotten suspended or something like that. Right. But, you know, while they investigated and, and to see if, you know, he had any fault and, and ultimately I think that, you know, the investigation into it would have, you know, exonerated him and say that, you know, there were exigent circumstances. Um, you know, it was, it was completely an accident. And, and, but so for the immediate thought for him to be like, oh no, I need to cover this up. And then to get help from the coroner and his boss to do the cover up seemed kind of far fetched as well. So I think what we've come to the conclusion is this feels like a nineties movie. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Because it was written in 1993 (laughs) and I guess he never updated the script. Guess not. 
Well, I didn't really have much more on that. I did want to say that I thought that uh, all of the actors in this movie did a great job. I'm not usually a Denzel Washington fan. Um, like, I don't dislike him or anything like that. I just don't usually watch most of his movies. Saw Man on Fire, that was good. But uh, I thought this was, like, he did a great job. It, a lot better than what I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Or a lot different. Uh, Remy Malik is always great. And even even though I'm not a huge fan of Jared Leto, like, he did a great job in this movie as, as his character. Oh, yeah. he He did a great job being, like, super gross and creepy. Hopefully he didn't send any like used condoms or whatever uh, to his co-stars like he did for <laughs> when he was the Joker. But yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think I I think the performances were great. Um, you know, uh, Denzel Washington was uh very believable. Um, yeah. I I don't know when he became an old man, but that was interesting. Like he's got old man. Not only does he have like old man face now, he has old man physique, which I mean, he is old. Like I'm not trying to, you know, disparage him by any means. Um, it's just been a while since, since I've seen him, I guess. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I guess I, Remy Malik also, I didn't trust his character for the longest time because I don't, Trust I his didn't face either. or something. I don't oh, know. I, I didn't. My reason was not because of his face. I just felt like his character was very like uppy, uppity, like like he felt high and mighty kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I don't know. I for whatever reason, I had a hard time Can't taking trust his him, face, taking him at face value. <laughs> no, no pun intended. But it just <laughs> it seems like there was something else going on and 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 i think it would that's just because um he sort of has like the uh, a mysterious face his his face is sort of i don't want to say strange looking but it's no you can say he's got he does have a kind of a weird face like he's a very attractive guy but it, it's kind of like a in a weird way right and 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 again nothing wrong with that i you know i am not trying to clown on him but it's it it makes his character a little bit unsettling uh, and I think that's unintentionally. Possibly. I mean, like you can, I would say that Remy Malik has your not typical leading man face is what I guess we're trying to say. Yeah. Like his facial features are not your typical leading man or typical main character of a movie kind of a thing. For sure. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll end it. Um, you can go and watch this on HBO Max or in theaters. It will be leaving HBO Max next month. That is March. Um, so we'll watch it if you want to in the next week from the release of the show. Or wait, uh, what was it, like another 30 days and it comes back? Or Does 60 it? days, something like that. That's weird. Yeah, wait a couple months. I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, because um, I'm pretty sure one of the movies that we watched uh, went away and is already back. I can't remember which one, though. Was it Wonder Woman? Was it Wonder Woman? Yeah, I think it was. Really? It's already back? Pretty sure. Then what's the point of taking it away? To give theaters an exclusive window. Ooh, okay. <laughs> right. The damage The damage is done if right. you release it the same day. Uh, All right. Whatever. Uh, well, what, what, are we, uh, what are we watching next time? Uh, next time we're watching I Care A Lot, starring Rosamund Pike, Diane West, and Peter Dinklage. 
uh, seems to be, from what I can tell, about a con artist. Okay. Uh, taking advantage oh, of an old yeah. lady. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, I was I was trying to choose between that one and uh, Anthony the Anthony Mackie movie where he plays like a AI soldier of the future or whatever. I can't. I don't want to like upset anyone, but Anthony Mackie plays the same person in every single movie. <laughs> like the only per, the what? only time that he's sl- slightly different is uh, when he's playing in, in Marvel, the Falcon. Right. But, but every everything else, like he plays like just I'm a serious guy all the time, and everything. And it's we watched like two things that he was in, and I was like, he's just the same character from the last thing that we watched, uh, and that's what he does. But yeah, but ultimately, I went with I Care a lot. It seemed like an interesting movie, and I like Peter Dinklage a lot. So. I also like Peter Dinklage. Have you ever seen uh, Death at a Funeral? Uh, no, no, I haven't seen that one. You should watch it really good all right maybe i'll watch it's, between this time and next time maybe you will maybe i will i don't know it's it's a week <laughs> away so probably won't to be honest if i'm being yeah it's a good super point. honest we got a crunch crunch time i may well go watch i care a lot right after this but. all right then well anyway i guess i guess we're gonna go um and yeah uh, we're done now yeah we, we thanks did for listening we to do um, I did want to say, I didn't write this down. Uh, uh, go rate and review us on iTunes, please. If you're listening to this, we please. have we have like two reviews. It's the only way to differentiate us and get us on iTunes algorithm in a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, until next time, I guess, remember. It's the little things, Jimmy. It's the, the little, little things. things. Good night. Bye.